Welcome to the Senior Scoop Podcast. I am Hannah Hoover, the Director of Marketing at Cedar Ridge Village in West Des Moines, the city's newest continuing care retirement community, opening next year in 2021. I want to personally welcome and thank you for joining us today. This podcast is to scoop and dish all the senior topics relating to you. Before we scoop into downsizing, you can find all of our information on our community at Cedar Ridge wdm.com or by calling 515-369-2100. Now let's get this senior scoop with our guest today, the one and only Tisa Johnson with Senior Transitioning Services. Welcome Tisa. Thank you very much, Hannah. You are my first guest. And it is very exciting to be here. We'll see, we'll see. We're at rookie status right now. So do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe senior transitioning services? I'd be happy to. So I sort of fell into this work from hospice social work, among other things. Um, My dad lives in Cedar Rapids, and he was the director of a very large um, continuing care community like what Cedar Ridge Village will be. And he saw people come in all the time who would say, you know, if I'm not going to be in my home, I guess I could sort of see myself here. And then they go home to the place they've lived in for 10 or 20 or 60 years. And they look around and say, they think, how in the world would I actually get from here to there? So he started to help people with that. Um, And he did that for about 10 years as a post-retirement gig. And in spending the day with him one time, I realized that what he was doing was very social worky, not in the clinical sense, but in the sense of being able to help people with their sense of being overwhelmed by handling the many logistics that come with downsizing or decluttering or making a move or whatever that might be. So um, in 2015, I started the Des Moines branch of that business, the Central Iowa branch, and we have been very fortunate that um, it has just gone very well from the beginning. So um, I have a team of 10 now and we do a lot of this kind of work all the time and we continue to learn all the time but I feel like I have uh, quite a few things to share. She has so much to share and so much to give people with all of her expertise too so we are so thankful that you are our first guest on the senior scoop and I think we'll just jump into questions because there's a ton of questions with downsizing that come with that. Um, So One of the questions I get when I have tours coming in or um, meetings with people on them just starting the process of looking for a community is, where does one start? They go home after a meeting and they look around and they think, how am I ever going to downsize to a two-bedroom, two-bath at Cedar Ridge Village? What's your best advice for where to start with people? I can... I can answer that with confidence because I do feel strongly that the first step is a strategy. It's not so much a task, but it's about putting together a strategy that makes sense for your timeline, for the kinds of things you have. Um, Lots of different variables go into that. But to me, the order of events is really important. Um, So there's a big difference in downsizing or decluttering. If you are going to put your house, for example, if you're a homeowner, if you're going to put your house on the market first, then there are certain tasks that need to be done in order to make that happen that would be different. For example, you might be 
not moving a particular bookshelf to your new two bedroom, two bath place at Cedar Ridge Village, but it might need to be there for staging the house, et cetera. So um, there are different tasks associated with that versus um, when a person moves first and then empties the house um, and puts it on the market or perhaps lists the house, moves, and then set and then empties the house in between the time of an offer and a closing. So the order of which you do things really does impact um, the best way to go about it. Um, so for example, if you are going to um, move first and then deal with what's left in the house, um, one strategy would be then it gives kind of gives you the freedom to just focus on what moves to your new place. So instead of thinking, looking at a looking at that bookshelf and saying, well, what's going to happen to this? And what about this? And what about this? Instead, you just say what things are coming with me to my new place. And then you sort of leave the rest in place. Um, so you don't have to make as many decisions at once. Um, and then perhaps after you move, there might be something like a tag sale or a buyout, or maybe you're just going to donate everything that's left, et cetera. Um, and if, and if that is the case, it doesn't make sense to start running all kinds of things to donation or dealing with a lot of the small things. If at the end of the day, you're going to have a tag sale, um, and you might have wasted some time or energy dealing with little things that you didn't need to in the end, if your option, for example, might be for a tag sale. So a lot of factors depend on in what order you're going to do things. And so I think um, whether you're working just as a family or with a professional like myself, having someone come in and help you see through what the order is really is an important step because it can save you a lot of wasted time, energy, um, and money for sure. That's great to start off with a strategy. I am known to be very OCD, so a strategy and a plan and maybe even a list or two always helps me. Sure. Is there a great room to start in? Like yeah. So let's say you're not moving. You just sort of want to do what I call or what's, this is not my term, but I do love it. Right-sizing, this idea of making your home situation more right for the life that you're living right now. You know, downsizing has the word down in it, sounds like a downer, etc. And I love the idea of right-sizing instead, which just means embracing the sort of life that you are living or that you want to live. Um, and so it might mean just making adjustments in your house. Um, so let's say you're doing that kind of right-sizing. I I think starting in a low stakes room is a great place to start. Trying to start with photographs or papers or family heirlooms is a really good way to get overwhelmed and lose momentum. Um, but on the opposite side, if you can start like in that spare bedroom closet, you might open that door and look in there and think, oh, this is pretty easy. Here's bed sheets to a bed that we do not even have anymore. Um, and you start to find easy decisions that you can make. And then you start to get some momentum. You feel good and you're sort of ready to tackle the next thing up. I love the term right size. You know, people always come and meet with me and they, they say downsizing all the time. And it is kind of a downer term. I always like to say that they're upgrading moving into one of our communities because you may have a little bit smaller of a living area 
but you can use over 300,000 square feet living in one of our communities. All the community spaces, the dining rooms, et cetera. And the best part is you don't have to clean them or you know, manage Absolutely. And I think um, we often lose sight of the fact that if you have a, you know, to 2,500 square foot house, and if you really think about how much of that space you use on a regular basis, it's usually much smaller than what you think, despite the fact that you have bedrooms in the basement, you know, et cetera. Right. (laughs) Um, my next question is, what all can a downsizing service help with? Are you guys just coming in and helping people declutter? Are you boxing things? Are you unpacking things? Are you cleaning things? What all can you guys offer? Sure. People? All of the above. Um, any service like mine um, really tailors their what they do to the folks that they are working with. Um, So when our staff comes in to work with someone, we consider this, we are not the bosses, we are not the belongings police, we are not the judge and jury of what a person should keep or how they should maintain their house. So we kind of have the social workers approach of starting exactly where our clients are. And so for some, um, I would say for many, what they find most valuable is just the accountability and the support. It's really easy if you start to clean out a kitchen drawer and you're like, ooh, I'm going to run this up the stairs to, to, to put it with these other like objects or this needs to go down to the basement. And the next thing you know, you're, waste, you're using a lot of energy but not feeling like you're making progress. When we work with folks, we say, you, John, sit here. And your only job is the decision-making. And we are the legs, the energy, the supplies, the know-how, the logistics. So that might be anything from, okay, let's box up all the things that the realtor says need to be hidden for the purposes of your listing. Or maybe it's, you need help going through this file cabinet and figuring out what papers to keep or to not. And then these papers that you don't want to keep do they need to be shredded? Do you want us to take them and ship them to your daughter in Colorado? Um, really, it can be all kinds of things. And then we do a lot of takeaway while we're there. Now, we're going to talk about donations, and it's <laughs> many complications right now in a minute. But often, we are literally bringing boxes up from the basement or from the garage or from the attic and saying, okay, John, would you like me how about we text a picture of this and send it to your kids? If anybody wants it, I'll ship it for you or you can ship it or we'll, and then this are things that you're ready to donate and here's where they could go to and we'll take those today. And, oh, you forgot you had this, but you'd kind of like to hang this on the wall. Well, then let's mark it, label it, you know, put it away or put it on the wall. That's great. So you guys do it all. Lots of things. Lots of things. (laughs) Yes. I love it. Um, do you have any golden rules for downsizing, like, or what to keep, what not to keep? I know a lot of times I get the question of, what do I do with my fine china? Mm-hmm. Um, none of my kids want it, and a lot of times Goodwills and Salvation Armies may not take it either. Um, what are your, your golden rules to live by with downsizing? I believe strongly in starting with the treasures. And again, only you can be the judge of what a treasure is and what those treasures are. Um, But um, you might consider going on like a little treasure hunt in your own house and finding the five, six, you know, there's no magic number of things that bring you the most joy. When you look at it, it 
um, fills you with memories, for example, or with the essence of a person. And you put and you figure out what those most important things are. And if you're moving, that's even um, more helpful if you think, oh, my house would not look like my home if this particular picture that's hung in my kitchen for 60 years was not in the kitchen. So that is a treasure. Um, and if you start with the treasures and the things that bring you the most joy, and then instead of hiding them in a box in the basement, I firmly believe treasures don't belong in the box. Um, if you display those or use those, in your everyday so that they bring you that joy and those memories. Um, when you're able to do that, then, and start with the treasures, then suddenly the things that don't make that treasure category start to pale a little bit in comparison. Um, so I'll just give like a silly but very true example um, of the way that I've put this into practice. I was the oldest grandchild in my family. So that means that I am the favorite, of course, and was the favorite. Yeah. My sisters will tell you that's true. And um, I was beloved by my grandmother and I felt the same about her. Um, and she, I could have kept anything from her whole house after she died. However, the only thing I took from her house was her tap shoes. She had tap danced into her 80s. She had taught me to tap dance. Um, I can't do it well, but um, that was such an, when I look at them, they scream Grandma Bond to me. So they are not in a box in my basement. If you walk into my closet, I have a shoe hangy thing. And in the top of the shoe hangy thing, I see them every day, are Graham's tap shoes. And when my children are in my room, they might comment, oh, hey, there's great Graham's tap shoes. And it gives us an occasion to talk about her and reminisce. They make me smile every day and they are my treasure. And after that, I didn't need much of Grandma Bond's other things. So starting with the treasures, I feel like is absolutely the golden rule. I love that tap shoe story. That is adorable and so true. You know, my mom just moved into um, a duplex in Altoona and she was going through her old farmhouse wondering what to take, what to keep, what to you know, get rid of, and she came across all of her old high school awards, and she was going to throw them all away, and I thought, no, you can't do that. You can't take your Letterman's jacket letter and all the choir awards and everything that she received, so what she did instead was she put them in a shadow box frame uh. and her desk, but she, you know, can now look at those things fondly instead of dusting out of a box and pulling it out of the closet like it was at her old house. She gets to look back and reminisce on all those good things and good awards that she's had. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. I love that. Love yeah. it. Love it. Well, should we hit some uh, fire round questions? Sure. So these, I asked our future residents at Cedar Ridge Village um, what questions they had for Tisa on downsizing. And we came up with a, quite a bit of lists. <laughs> so maybe we'll just do a fire round um, of questions from our future residents at Cedar Ridge Village. The first question is, how do you determine if an item has any value or major value? Sure. And I hate to be the bearer of disappointing news. This is a conversation we have frequently. I think getting good information, whether that's from an expert, whether that's from consulting um, something like eBay online, et cetera, is really good medicine. Um, the bad news is that many things that older folks often think are their most financially valuable items. 
they are surprised to learn um, that they have really decreased in value. Um, and it has a lot to do with what you just said. My the the constant or very common refrain of my kids don't want these things. So and that is a painful reality um, that many families experience. And as a result, there are lots of things like antiques and collectibles that are available on the market. And due to the laws of supply and demand, when there's not a lot of demand, that has caused the value of things that were once expensive to tank. On the other hand, things that you think are not valuable, like old electronic junk in the garage, <laughs> at things like tag sales, those things sell like hotcakes. So getting a um, professional opinion about things it can be very helpful to make sure that you aren't throwing away your financial treasure thinking it's junk. Um, and then if you're doing some of these things on your own, um, looking at eBay, but making sure that you look at the sold listings, you can sort by what's been sold. So not just what's out there and what people have been asking, but instead, um, looking at what, what, what things have actually sold for. And then I'll remind folks that just because something is, let's say, deemed by someone worth X amount of money, at the end of the day, what something is worth is what you can find an actual buyer with actual money who will come to your actual house and actually take it away. Um, and at and the end, that's really what things are worth. Um, and I, there's so much nuance to that, that I welcome anyone to call to talk that through. I can refer them to other professionals, you know, et cetera. Um, but just managing your expectations from the beginning is good medicine. That's great. So all of them. Mm -hmm. managing expectations. The second question is, what is the safest, what are the safest ways and places to sell items? So Typically, I would say that I, again, I try to, to tell people what to do, but I do have strong opinions on garage sales, and I feel like for older folks, they are not the way to go. Now, that said, I've had plenty of folks who love to do them and have been very satisfied. However, garage sales are a ton of work, and um, you can put all of that stuff out and put it all together. And if you have terrible weather or a low turnout, you can have a garage full of items and 50 extra bucks in your pocket and still have a problem. Um, so I'm not a fan of garage sales, especially in the COVID environment. You know, there's lots of concerns with that. Um, I am a fan of Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist when it's done safely. And though some of those things are very common sense. Um, we do we do help folks with Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace. We prefer to do that after a move has taken place and that older person is not living at home and then there's kind of a neutral party. Um, however, if you feel safe um, letting strangers come to your home to look at furniture, et cetera, I, I do prefer Facebook Marketplace over Craigslist because often you can see maybe even you have someone in common, you know, et cetera. Um, for dealing with big items. If you have a lot, it's totally worth talking to someone about the pros and cons of a tag sale where everything, a tag sale is just sort of like a glorified garage sale where everything in the house is for sale and you don't actually put forward money to a tag sale provider. Um, instead, they take a commission. So it can be a tool for selling a whole bunch of things at once and getting very quickly to an empty house. There's also things like a, called a buyout where they would 
buy just the remaining belongings. There's there's lots of options. Um, consigning, lots of people love consigning, but you can only do it in small batches, and right. you so you need some time um, to work through you know the consignment piece. Okay, let's talk costs. Are there payment options for downsizing services? Or is it an hourly fee or a fixed cost, or what's a typical cost? Which no. No project is typical, I know. Right, so no project is typical. And we do um, we do have an hourly fee. And because this podcast hopefully will exist into perpetuity, I'm not going to go into details now right. because who knows? And it does depend on some factors, geography, et cetera. Um, but we have a flat hourly fee and it starts from the time we arrive until the time that we leave. We, In our case, I'm speaking only for the way we do it, we come with all the supplies um, that are needed, boxes, all of those sorts of things. We do take things with us when we leave if you want us to, et cetera. Um, and um, we have no maximums or minimums. Um, I will say um, that we have found that two hours at a time is about as much as one person can do before your eyes start to swim. Um, and so people are often learned, are surprised to learn that most of our visits are two hours. However, I would say 100% of the time folks say, I can't believe we got that much done, you know, in two hours, because when you have someone extra working with you, it, you really do gain a lot of momentum. Um, we charge for our moves a little differently than that, et cetera, but we sort of do a simple hourly fee and we work at folks' own pace. Some folks do a flurry and we might go two or three times a week for six weeks to get ready for a move. I've I had one couple that I saw every Tuesday morning for about a year to get their house ready to list. So it can be lots of things. Great. Thank you. Okay, charity talk now. <laughs> and COVID is upon us, and nobody seems to be accepting donations. What do you do with this It stuff? is extremely difficult right now, um, and your, your founding circle members um, have hit the nail on the head when they ask. Um, it seems like many places are closed. So as of, like, Today, um, it is true that, right, that <laughs> Salvation Army and Goodwill have been close to donations for a number of weeks now, and that has pushed smaller organizations, um, th that overflow has mm -hmm. found its way to smaller organizations, so even ones like, as of today, St. Vincent de Paul, I think DAV had to close to donations um, late last week. Many hands, thrift stores in Grimes and Clive have had to close to donations. Um, Encore thrift store closed to donations or has had long lines. Um, so this is a challenge. Um, if you are super anxious to be taking things right now, then my suggestion would be to watch their Facebook pages, but also to call. We have had, we have called in the morning and then sent a moving truck with a few pieces of furniture to um, donation places that literally closed in the meantime. Um, so um, calling before you head anywhere would be great. Um, if you can wait it out, if you have a garage or something where you can be gathering things and then wait, um, that would be another strategy. Um, looking at alternate options. Now, again, this is sort of last ditch efforts, but I am a big believer in the curb. And I live in Beaverdale and 
all the time now in Beaverdale. People are putting things on the curb, not making their curbs look like a trash haul, um, but a few items at a time, et cetera, and, and then posting to a neighborhood Facebook group or a curb alert to Craigslist with a general location and just a picture of the items. And I tell you what, they disappeared. I got rid of two bikes that had been sitting in the garage over the weekend that way at my home. Um, so the curb for like, uh, you'd be surprised what will go on the yeah. curb. If, and if you're donating, I just sort of believe Someone in the universe needed those bikes or the parts for those bikes, and so I'm very happy to let them have them. Um, another option would be to, if you are a social media user, to use Facebook. So I had a client who um, was getting rid of a lot of things before her house closed in the height of the lockdown starting, and she put things on, made a Facebook album, and just posted it to her own individual Facebook and worked out a system where she put those things in her walkout basement and then friends of hers or friends of friends of hers mm -hmm. um, would make arrangements to come and she would have the items sitting in the walkout and she did contactless pickup and some of those items she sold and uh -huh. she had a little envelope there or people use PayPal or Venmo to pay her. Um, but she just put an album on her own page and asked friends of hers to share it. And then she felt pretty comfortable thinking, well, my friend's friend wants that snow shovel and I feel comfortable enough because she's my friend's friend to have her come to my house. Um, but the donation thing is very tricky and I anticipate because we're all waiting for them to reopen that is going to continue to yeah. be. Now there, I could not begin in a million years to tell you the, all of the organizations, there are many smaller organizations out there, um, but they all are affected by COVID. Um, so I know one of your questions was, what about ones that do pickups? Um, some places have resumed pickups. So one strategy might be to hold on to things and then arrange for a pickup when they start to do pickups. Um, there are lots of great organizations to donate to, but many, many of them, because they are run by volunteers, are playing it safe and not currently accepting donations. So it's a lot of research and also maybe using informal networks. I do a lot of that. I have some connections with shelters, et cetera. And so um, if you can find someone who kind of um, maybe has some inside connections, et cetera. So if I have a bed, I have a list of people I can um, text and say, does anybody need this bed? Like in the next two days, it's got to get out of here. Um, it is a very challenging time right now for that. Well, charity and COVID is, <laughs> is a fun thing. Well, right. we are running out of time, but I just want to thank you, Tisa, for being my guinea pig on the first Senior Scoop of Cedar Ridge Village podcast. Um, it's always so much fun to have you around, and we are socially distanced in my office. We're six feet apart. Um, we have quite the long microphone extension going on, um, but I am so thankful for you to be my first guest. So. Oh, it was super fun. Thank you so much. Um. Uh, everything you um, do for seniors, Tisa, in the community is truly inspirational, and I'm so grateful to you to know you, your heart, and your love for helping others. For more information on downsizing and senior transitioning services, you can check out their website at seniortransitioning.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button for this podcast. That way you are notified when a new episode is posted. Also, if you could, please rate and share this podcast with your friends as well. 
If you would like any additional information on Cedar Ridge Village, please visit our website at cedarridgewdm.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you are leaving with some scoops of knowledge that can help. Until next time, I hope every day brings you purpose, passion, and joy in life.